Happy Easter from Eagle River, Alaska, on this Easter Sunday, the ninth day of April, 2023. Our readings this morning come to us from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 34 to 43, Psalm 118, and the second reading comes to us from Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, and our gospel reading is taken this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed, alleluia. Happy Easter, my friends. Mary Magdalene is not featured in John's Gospel until we meet her at the foot of the cross with the other Marys. There they are weeping listening to the last words of the one they thought was to be the Messiah, the one to make all things right, the one they loved. Then the words, it is finished, and then Jesus gave up his spirit. From the margins of the text, I sense that Mary was there when Jesus' body was taken down from the cross, And undoubtedly then Mary Magdalene saw where Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus laid Jesus in the tomb. John, the author of this good news, has told us nothing else of her history. The little that we do know of Mary Magdalene, we know from other Gospels. And yet her place here is simply spectacular. Mary is the first apostle, the apostle to the apostles, really, the first to bring the good news that the tomb was empty, and then even a greater privilege, the first to see, to meet, to speak with the risen Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed, alleluia. Yet for the moment, in this gospel, it is still dark. All four Gospels tell us that it was on the first day of the week that Mary Magdalene and the other women, as well as Peter and John, went to the tomb and saw it empty. This fact is to be highlighted because Jesus, throughout all four Gospels, reported that the Son of Man was to rise on the third day. And now, in darkness, we read something different, something fresh, something new. The first day of the week, the new week, the new creation, the eighth day, as it were, something new is happening, a new beginning, a new creation. If your mind hasn't wandered back to another time of darkness, chaos, a wind blowing across the surface of the deep, perhaps you may allow your mind to do that now. Of course, I speak of Genesis, where at one time darkness and chaos ruled, and then God spoke, and six days of creation, later a garden, and then God rested on the seventh day. But here, in this story from John's Gospel, on the first day of the week, it is still dark, and with eyes red from weeping and sleepless Sabbath night sobbing, The women come to the place of the tomb. John knows there are other written accounts of Jesus' life, other gospels, other written works of good news. So John uses his good news to fill in some of the rough places for us. 
John focuses deeply on intimate conversations between Jesus and others. And in this pericope, the same remains true. Although Mary Magdalene undoubtedly walked to the tomb early in the morning of the first day of the week with other women, John zooms in on the actions of the one, the words of the one, Mary of Magdala. For the moment, the stone rolled away and the empty tomb seemed to merely be another twist of the knife in the lives of Jesus' followers. Chaos upon chaos. Has someone taken his body away? More darkness. Just a cruel trick, they think. Mary runs back to the place where Peter is hiding, back to the place where the young boy who stood at the cross with her and Jesus' mother just two days earlier was also hiding. The two disciples take off running back to the tomb. (laughs) There is more running in this short section of the Gospels than the rest of the Gospels combined. The younger man, speedier, races ahead and arrives at the tomb first. Sure enough, the stone is rolled away to the side and the, em- and the tomb is empty. John only peeks inside the tomb and does not go in. Curious thing, however, John sees there are the grave clothes lying like a deflated balloon on the slab of the rock where Jesus was laid. Peter arrives shortly thereafter and in full character runs straight into the tomb. Both Peter and the younger lad are now inside the tomb. They see the grave clothes, empty, but the linen that is traditionally wrapped around the head is folded up nicely and laying by itself. Why would a grave robber, how could a grave robber, simply pick the body out of the grave clothes and lay them back down like they were a deflated deflated balloon. And how then, why go to the trouble of nicely folding the headcloth? Curious indeed. I'm sure both Peter and the other disciple recalled how just days earlier, when they were at the grave of Lazarus, and Jesus calling forth Lazarus out of the grave. Lazarus came out with his grave clothes still wrapped about him. But here it was different. John then tells us that he, as the other disciples, saw and believed. Perhaps John wants to tell us that he saw and believed in response to Jesus telling others to come and see. Then the two disciples turned and went back to their place of hiding. But Mary, you got to pay attention to the buts in Scripture. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as Mary peers into the tomb, she sees two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head of the, at the head and the other at the feet. Another curious thing, when did the angels arrive? They hadn't been there before when Peter ran into the tomb and John followed behind. Or were they there? Maybe one can only see angels through tears. Whatever, Mary sees the angels. And when angels appear and people are afraid, angels say, 
do not be afraid. And when angels appear and people are crying, they often state, why are you crying? You see, it isn't a question. It's a statement. Yet through her tears, Mary states, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Most of us have felt the pain, the sadness, the suffering that Mary felt that morning. We say, they have taken away my spouse, my child, my home, my life. Mary then turns and senses another human being's presence. The other human being was Jesus, raised from the grave, raised from the dead. <clears throat> Jesus as well states, more than asks, Why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Who is it that we are looking for? A magic man? A genie in a bottle? Or a warrior risen from the grave who has overcome sin and death? Mary's intu intuition, intuitive guess, is that this person is the gardener. Oh yes, as I mentioned prior, here we are back in the garden on the first day of the new week. Supposing this person to be the gardener, and how on one level, how wrong she was, but oh, how on another level, how right she is. This is the new creation. Jesus is the beginning of it, the new Adam. He is the gardener, now in charge, now charged with new creation, bringing the chaos out of God's creation into new order, new life, a new beginning. Jesus has come to uproot the thorns and the thistles and replace them with the blooms and blossoms of new life. Then listen, listen for it. Listen for the name, Mary. As the good shepherd, Jesus calls his sheep by name and his people know his voice. Listen for the name, Linda. Steve, Sue, your name, my name. Jesus calls out in a greeting, consoling, perhaps even a gentle rebuke and an invitation. Come on, Mary, you know me. Of course we know him. Of course we don't know him. He is the same. He is now different. He was dead. Now he's alive. Listen to hear Jesus call your name and come to the good shepherd of the sheep. Mary falls at Jesus' feet and presumably embraces him around his heels. One of the most puzzling verses of all scripture for scholars, theologians, and teachers lies at this foot of this passage. Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. What is clear, however, is the next statement. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Up until now, in this point, in all of the Gospels, Jesus only referred to himself as having a relationship with the Father, only himself having a relationship with God. Now, because of the resurrection, because Jesus has overcome sin and death, his disciples, his followers, 
now are able to come and share with Jesus as a daughter, as a son, as children together with Jesus of the living, loving, and liberating God of heaven and earth. And of course today, for those who hear the shepherd's voice and respond to his call, we too now live in new creation and we too come to share with Jesus as one who is a daughter or son of the living, loving, and liberating God of heaven and earth. Mary does as she is commanded. She not only goes and announces to the disciples that she has seen the Lord, but also that Jesus had spoken to her and said these things to her. Today is the first day of the week, the first day of Easter. New life, new creation. Our fasting is over. We do well to celebrate with feasting, with friends and good fellowship. And we too will then go. Go and announce to others, to those who remain in darkness, that you too know the Lord, have heard Him call you by name, and then report all these things to them. Alleluia. Christ is risen. <laughs>